I'm very confident and that's just because I don't have time to be anything else but confident because what I notice a lot right like what I notice a lot is like folks they they're the ones that are holding themselves back yes we have we have all these things already stacked up against us so why add yourself to the list Welcome to the Millennial CEO Podcast, a place for millennial entrepreneurs to laugh, cry, and strategize. I'm your host, Kirsten Roldan, and my number one mission is to help others fall 1000% in love with entrepreneurship. So let's get right into it. Okay. My guest today, Charlene Izier, is just going to bless the listeners with her greatness. I connected with Charlene in June through a mutual acquaintance, and honestly, we hit it off. We both are multi-passionate entrepreneurs. We both built service-based business, and we just became such quick friends. We've worked together, and I'm so happy to have her on the podcast. Charlene is the founder of Soulful Systems, a luxury online business management agency, Wellness Delivered, a holistic wellness brand, and Melanin and Money, a brand committed to putting more money into the hands of Black entrepreneurs. I couldn't think of anyone better to kick off this first podcast episode launching on Martin Luther King Day than my beautiful and successful friend, Charlene. Let's dive in. Okay. But real quick, we have some sponsors. First, the CEO box is a custom gift box service for entrepreneurs where self-care meets functionality. If you are an entrepreneur that loves to gift your clients and community members, then follow the CEO box on Instagram at shop the CEO box. And you can find the link to the CEO box website in the show notes so that you can start gifting today. Our second sponsor is Melanin and Money, a brand that exists to equip, support, and empower Black women to grow and retain their coin. They currently have a We Own Our Legacy Impact Fund that is serving as the resource gap for women of color entrepreneurs. This fund is pooling essential financial resources, business coaching, and tech support for black and brown women founders. And this podcast is doing a special campaign in collaboration where you can leave a review that will fund a $10 donation toward this impact fund. Every review of this podcast until further notice will be matched by a $10 donation. You can also make your own donation as an addition at the link in our show notes. All right, Charlene, I am so excited to have you because honestly, when I think of you, I just think wealth. (laughs) Yes. And honestly, like you're such a wealth of experience and knowledge. So it's really hard to know where to start with where to go with you. So I just want to open the floor to you to introduce yourself, let the listeners know who you are and what your mission is. Yeah. So I am a black lux creator. I am, which I've actually coined myself. I've decided that no other term really fits who I am and what I want to do in this world and the impact that I want to leave. So I coined the term black lux creator and I'm the founder and CEO of Melanin and Money, which is a comprehensive hub for entrepreneurially minded black women Soulful Systems, a boutique online business management agency where we support high-level entrepreneurs with sustainable systems. I'm also obviously the CEO of my own personal brand and a vertical of that is Wellness Delivered, which is a self-care and community care brand. And my mission, my main mission with all the verticals and everything that I do is to leave the world blacker than when I entered. And that's very important to me, especially as I am bringing in a baby into this world. I want to make sure that she is centered, her economic advancement is centered, her experiences are centered as a multiracial baby. I love how 
what you said about all of these vertical, horizontal, uh, all these different directions that you go in order to achieve one thing, which is centering around black economic empowerment, essentially. And I think that's amazing. (laughs) And you're doing it. Like, can you believe you're doing it? Well, your girl's doing it for sure. Sometimes I can't believe it, but other days I feel I am so mission driven through everything that I do that, you know, when I have these busy days, I, yes, I, I get stressed out like anybody else. Yes. I get overwhelmed like anybody else, but I can just see it. I can like literally picture the vision coming to life. So your girl's doing the thing. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. So what is your paint that vision for us? I want to hear what you see in your mind's eye. Yeah, I, so I grew up on food stamps and I came to the U.S. as a refugee and financial stability is something that I always chased and craved. I had no idea what that was going to look like. Fast forward to now where I have my own multiple six figure agency and I have, we've started the impact fund inside of Melanin and Money to support BiWalk entrepreneurs and the vision really looks like no longer being in this state of surviving and being in this state of thriving. And that's what wealth does for me. That's what wealth does for my community. It allows us to thrive in our different endeavors and allows us to thrive in our relationships. And I think we need to talk more about being wealthy. And that's not just monetarily. It's also like with the mindset, having a strong, wealthy, luxe mindset that supports you, that centers you. And it's totally okay if you center yourself. In my experience as a black woman growing up, I've always centered other people, centered other folks, especially white folks, because I was in a lot of spaces where I was the only black woman or I was the only minority, right? So at this stage in my life, I am centering myself. I'm centering my community, no matter what that looks like. And I definitely get my fair share of trolls. Actually, we just got our first YouTube troll today. So that was interesting. But honestly, all of that doesn't even matter. I know that the vision is very clear and I can see it. That's when you know you made it, right? Is when you get a YouTube troll. (laughs) Oh, facts. That's it. I've officially made it. And I am very, now that I have a downvote and a troll on my YouTube channel, whatever. Like, I think that's what it is. (laughs) Oh my goodness. That is so funny. I love, something I appreciate about your content that I've seen you bring out is normalizing luxury. Just normalizing luxury and luxury talk and luxury appearance. What do you feel like, is so hard for people, especially in women of color. What do you feel like is so hard about that for people? Yeah, it's when you go to like, take a moment, anyone who's listening right now, go into Pinterest and type in rich vibes. You'll see a whole lot of white women. Um, you won't see a whole lot of women of color or, um, you know, black women. And why is that? I'm just, I, don't understand why we can't normalize black women wanting to be wealthy and live a life of lux and that not be so shocking and that not be so like offensive to other people. And I saw a post the other day 
saying something about the term bougie and asking like, why are you black women when they are, they like the finer things in life? Why do they need to be called bougie? And I'll say for myself, I will at times call myself bougie because I'm reclaiming the word. I'm reclaiming the word for myself, but it shouldn't be this huge thing that, you know, that I want to talk about like the finer things in life. And that I have really, really high standards because I get to decide how I want to live my life. And black women and women of color, we get to decide how we want to live our lives and our white counterparts, they do the same. So why not, why not us? Why can't we be luxurious? Why can't we have these element of luxury in our life? And that's actually something that I honestly learned from my mom. We grew up on food stamps, but she also liked the finer things in life, regardless of being on food stamps. We would buy the best groceries that we could afford with the food stamps that we had. She had a nice car and she worked really hard for those things. And, and those things are materialistic. Yes, but it, it, symbolized a bigger thing than just like those material items. It was, okay, I just because I am at this space financially does not mean I don't deserve to live a wealthy life or I don't deserve to strive for that. I love that. And that really hits home for me because my mom was actually very similar. She had a phrase that she used to say where it was like, why do I have to look broke? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, why do I have to look broke? Like, why am I judged for being a single mom and having a coach bag? My mom was also very luxurious despite her financial status (laughs) as well. And she would always say that. And I always thought of that. Yeah. Why do I have to look broke? And wow. Yeah. That just, we have a lot of similarities in general. I think that's a big reason why we connected with our upbringing and things like that. So I'd love to dive into, if you're willing to go there, your background growing up, was your mom, what what was your family like? Was she a single mom? Why did she come here? I would yeah. love to dive into that. Yeah. So we came to the U.S. when I was around three, almost four, around that, as refugees. We were escaping war, um, coming from Rwanda. And I mean, remember, like I, I've seen pictures like, of us when we came to the U.S. And I'm pretty sure it was around March. And we were in shorts. Like we came to... <laughs> I mean, yeah, we weren't ready. We were not ready in March in New England, obviously. But it's growing up, you know, it wasn't an easy life by any means. My mom was a single mom. So it was me and my sisters and, and my mom. And she spent a lot of time working two jobs or also going to school and sometimes two jobs and going to school. So it was my responsibility as the older sister to watch my sisters during while she did the night shift as a nurse. And I just remember thinking, like looking back on it now, I had to grow up very fast. I obviously I did have some semblance of a childhood, but I was pretty much an adult as soon as I was able to stay home by myself to be able to watch my sisters. It was hard growing up, but looking back on it, it was it's what has made me who I am today. I'm very independent and I get that from my mom. I'm very solutions oriented and I get that from my mom. And I, and when I say solutions oriented, I don't focus on the problems at hand that are in my life. Like I focus on, okay, yeah, there's an issue right here. Perfect. Fine. What's the solution? I'm always looking for solutions. I don't have time to dwell in things that are, may seem problematic. Like I'm very much 
a solutions driven person. And I attribute that to growing up with the lifestyle that I had. But I used to, I remember being, <laughs> okay, your girl's not really sporty, but I did play a few sports back in the day. And I remember wanting to be a part of the basketball team, but my mom does not have the time to drive me to, to take to a basketball practice and whatnot. So your girl would walk a couple miles to school from my house to go play basketball, right? I figured out a solution, right? So I know growing up was, was a, was difficult, but I am so blessed to have had my mom and my two sisters. And even now there are some things that I've course that I, I am working on learning, right? I was very shy as a kid and that's because I was in a lot of white schools or white spaces. And that did translate into entrepreneurship a few years when I first started in this entrepreneurial space, I was terrified of putting myself out there, going to events, at events, I always felt like the outcast. And that's because, again, I was in more white spaces. So I never wanted to share my story. I never wanted to dive into who I am and what I stand for, just for fear of rejection or for fear of just like standing out too much. Mm, that's so... It's interesting. And for me, when I hear you talk about like solutions driven, Mm -hmm. aside from thinking it's absolutely amazing, I just think it makes so much sense because I know you. Because I, even with your, I think about how you own an OBM agency, which is an extremely solutions driven thing, right? It's a solution driven service. But also with that, I feel like when you're a solution-driven person, I can imagine every room you walk into, you see holes and mm-hmm. things that need to be fixed, yes. right? And yes. you just do them. <laughs> so do you feel like that was your introduction to entrepreneurship? Do you feel like the immediate you immediately saw holes that you wanted to fill? Oh, facts. 100%. I stumbled into entrepreneurship when a fitness transformation photo of myself went viral and people were messaging me like, Oh, how did you do this? How did you do that? I'm like, and it was a lot of black women. And because they were, they hadn't seen a lot of women who looked like me. So at the time I was very skinny and, um, my goal was to put on weight. I've always struggled to put on weight and build glutes and strengthen my booty. (laughs) And that transformation photo went viral. And a lot of other black skinny women who look exactly like me, they were like, please share with me how to do this, how to do that, how to do that. And that was like the first little taste of being an entrepreneur. I was able to see that, oh, wow, there really is a hole here. And even with that, I took it a step further. And I noticed that there wasn't a lot of fitness folks who looked like me, who were on covers of magazines or who were deemed as experts in our space. So it was a goal of mine to be the Beyonce of fitness. You know what I'm saying? Like it was really important for me. Yeah, it's important for me to carve out my own lane. So, and you know, I'm no longer a fitness coach. That transferred over to where I'm at now with my self care brand and Melanin and Money and the agency. But whenever I see a hole, I figure out, okay, how can I fix this? How can I be the solution? Um, especially when it comes to representation and Black women in these spaces. When I think about my agency and I you know how many multiple six figure agencies do we know are run by Black women? When it comes to the specific service that we offer, how many, you know what I'm saying? Like, these are kind of things that I think about on a day-to-day basis, because I would love for it to just be normalized, especially for my baby girl. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I 
instead of, I think we should retool the term multi-passionate entrepreneur and turn it into like solutions driven entrepreneur. Yeah. Because that's what it is, really. You pivot for the need, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's not about the fact that you can't focus on one thing. You are focused on one thing and providing solutions in each area of like where that needs to be yeah. fixed, basically. And the one thing is under representation. And so that's amazing. Where is the future of Charlene household name going? Because I, I'm already sitting here and I'm like... And honestly, I'm your friend and also like a consumer of your content, like a big fan, I would say, quote unquote, of your content. And so for me, I'm sitting here and I'm like, I'm doing a podcast with someone who's going to be like a huge YouTuber and you're already doing amazing things. So like, where do you see like the future vision for your specific brand going? Yeah, it's a goal of mine to be... Forbes 30 under 30 or 40 under 40 whenever we get there (laughs) and it's also a goal for me for Charlene Isaire to be synonymous with black wealth and and sustainable black right and I want when people google my name to see she started this agency that scaled tremendously to a million dollar agency, right? Where we're solutions oriented and solutions driven. And I want people to see the impact fund as, as a vertical that has supported a million by walk entrepreneurs. I want people to see that self-care is a huge part of making all of your dreams and all of your goals possible, right? When they think of Charlene Isaire, I, I really want people to see Charlene Isaire as a very holistic representation of what being a boss and being an entrepreneur and being a mom can really look like in a very successful and authentic way. And it's, that's, I mean, it, those are a whole lot of wonderful words that I share with you, but I really see it more than just buzzwords. I live and breathe this mission so much. It's so important to me. And I feel like it, I, I know it's possible. I dream big. I, I, I oh, yeah. literally, I don't know how to dream small. Like that has never been something I could do ever. And I always know that if I want something, <laughs> you better believe I'm going to get it. There's <laughs> nothing that can hold me back. Forbes, I see you. I see you, Forbes. I'll be there soon. <laughs> These are all just, it's interesting because we, I feel like in a lot of ways as entrepreneurs, as people in general, we idolize know certain things so for example Forbes to us is like this this symbol it's a symbol but really it's how do I explain it in a way that makes sense like to what I'm thinking but the best way I can articulate it is you start to realize how much you can actually do when you just start doing them yes like when you just start doing the things you're just like of course Forbes is available to me what do you mean that's not even a thought (laughs) oh yeah it's all available Uh, to me Do you feel like you found that? Because for me personally, I really found that power in knowing my potential through entrepreneurship. I don't think I would have found it personally without entrepreneurship. So for you, like, where did you find that power? I honestly, no, I feel like I've always been somebody who wanted to live a larger than life. Um, And I get that from my mom. I've always been somebody who wanted success. And I find also a lot of power in my experiences as a black woman. Like I find a lot of power in the hardships that I've had to face. I find a lot of power in the successes 
that I've amassed in my short life. And I'm also very, I'm very confident. And that's just because I don't have time to be anything else but confident. Because what I notice a lot, right? Like what I notice a lot is like folks, they, they're the ones that are holding themselves back. Yes, we have, we have all these things already stacked up against us. So why add yourself to the list, right? So I find so much power in knowing that if I believe in myself and if I do the thing, then it'll happen, right? It's it's going to happen um, for me as long as I'm working for myself and not against myself. So, you know, it takes time for sure to find that inner power, but it's something that I've learned over the years to just, I have to be my biggest cheerleader. I have to center myself because no one else will do it. And I can't expect anyone else to do it. I don't expect anything from anyone. I expect a lot from myself and I'm going to go get whatever else I need in life. And that's it. And that's the thesis. Like, <laughs> And that's what we need to take from this podcast. Like yes. that right there. If nothing else, it's don't expect anything from anyone else. Yes. And make sure you, like you said, center yourself in the sense of it, you can't be your, your, the bottleneck. You can't mm-hmm. be. And we were just talking about this beforehand. <laughs> Is you're the main bottleneck at the end mm-hmm. of the day. What are you doing to make sure you're not the bottleneck? So you have a sponsorship fund going mm-hmm. called We Own Our Legacy. It's an impact fund. Can you tell us like more about that, how it started, all of those things, and basically where it's going to, who it's going to help, all of it? Yeah, for sure. In terms of like where it started, I started Melanin and Money in, I want to say it was 2018. 2019 or 2018, one of those years when I was on my way to speak at an event for at Girls Inc. And I was just thinking about the events that I've been at and I, and being in spaces where I was the only black woman and just being really tired and tired of that. I was in the car with my partner, Kevin, who happens to be a white man. And he helped me come up with the name Melanin and Money, which is so funny to me. <laughs> and I had him too. Right. And <laughs> so he came good. up with it. My white partner, he came <laughs> up with it. I'm like, thank you, babe. He's for the culture. That's for sure. <laughs> so at that time, I didn't really know what Melanin and Money was going to look like. All I knew is that I am definitely going to create a safe space for other entrepreneurially minded black women and women of color. That's all I knew at the time. Fast forward to now, COVID has hit black and brown businesses just utterly disproportionately. And I was speaking with a friend of mine, who's a co-founder, V from the Creatives Corner, about the fund and about trying to figure out a way to support our sisters support the people in our community. And again, I am solutions oriented. That's came about the impact fund. We're like, okay, let's create some sort of fund. What do people need right now? They need money, honey. They need, they need resources to be able to further their businesses. Right. And as we know, like throughout history, like Biowalk have experienced many assaults on their self-determination as entrepreneurs. So we created the term, um, we own our legacy and we're like, that's perfect. We own our legacy is going to be the impact fund. This is a coalition of women rising together to preserve the self-determination of Biowalk entrepreneurs. Our goal is to, per- our 2021 goal is to provide $100,000 in resource mobilization opportunities 
to BioWalk entrepreneurs. So that's in monetary grants, tech infrastructure, in-kind support, as well as business coaching, scholarships, and accelerator placement. So this is, we honestly started this in October. We are in January. Um, It took a lot of late nights to stand something like this up in such a short amount of time, but we're right on schedule. We're so excited to start opening up applications for our first cohort at the end of this month. And it's happening. We're serving. We are doing it. We are, we're serving our community and I can't even believe that I'm even saying that this is actually happening. Sometimes I'm just like, wait, <laughs> this, this is a service that I think is going to change the ecosystem, the entrepreneurial ecosystem for BiWalk entrepreneurs. We're going to see a lot more um, successful BiWalk entrepreneurs in 2021 and beyond. Oh, and thank you so much for that. So I do, I will have the We Own Our Legacy Impact Fund mm-hmm. linked in our show notes, Perfect. but can you let people know as well, like how, is there a set time to donate yeah. or anything like that? Yeah. So we accept donations on a rolling basis. However, currently we are raising $10,000 for um, individual donations. We're currently less than $1,000 away from that goal. Um, We'd appreciate you sharing the the page, sharing the assets. And if you aren't in a position to donate, that's totally fine because the more that you share the message, someone who may need to apply for this will see it. Right. So that's just as important as soliciting donations. And then we're also in the process right now of soliciting corporate sponsorships. So if you have any connects in a corporate role that may be interested in donating um, some larger grants or some larger tech infrastructure in kind, please reach out to us as well. We are, um, again, it's a rolling basis in terms of accepting uh, donations because the more that we can, you know, pad that, the, the more that we can, you know, ensure that this is very sustainable in the future. Thank you so much for sharing also non-monetary ways that people can help because that is so important. And you're so right. Like connections alone, sharing the mission, Mm -hmm. all of that contributes. So make sure you do that. Make sure you check out our show notes as well as noted already in the podcast, we will be donating an additional $10 to the fund for every review we get. So you can also donate just by leaving a free a review for free. But we do also encourage you, if you can, to make your own donation as well in addition to that. So yes. thank you so much. This has been... I'm just appreciative. Thank you for coming on the podcast. And is there anything else you want to share? Do you have anything else coming down the pipeline that you just want to let people know about? Yeah. You know, just feel free to follow me on social. I'm very active on my Instagram and YouTube for updates on how you can be a part of, you know, the mission of leaving the world blacker than when we all entered. And I, my agency is scaling, we're growing. We have courses for folks who are looking to build more sustainable backend systems. I have my YouTube channel, of course. So you can, you know, just take a look and just see what my life is actually like on a day-to-day basis, if that's something that interests you. But please just connect with me on social. I'm very, I'm in my DMs and I love to chat with like-minded 
allies and BIWOC entrepreneurs and BIWOC folks. So uh, my DMs are open. Yes. And we'll make sure to link her Instagram handle in the show notes. So thank you so, so much for coming on, Charlene. Thank you for having me. This has been amazing. I cannot wait to listen to this episode. Awesome. Awesome. 